I want to get into the Word today. Are y'all ready? If you're ready, let me hear you go. Whoop, whoop. I love it. Well, we're pretty much getting close to the end of January, which I can't believe because we were just talking about 2020. 2020, 2020. Now we're almost a full month into 2020. It flies by. How many of y'all had awesome New Year's resolutions? Some of y'all are like, not this year, buddy. I have learned. Uh, I mean, better, you know what? I, I had some great ones. Some of them I'm doing well with. Some of them have already crashed and burned. I get that. Sometimes it happens. But I thought today what would be fun is that since we're kind of at the end of the month and we're hitting that pivot point where we're either going to make or break resolutions and goals and priorities and stuff for our lives, we go back and revisit some of that. Um, and also, I feel real specifically God wants us to touch on this as we're in week three now of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, whatever that was. God be with you. That sounded serious over there. I'm not sure what that was. Um, hey, if you're listening on the podcast, nobody died. That was just a sneeze of some sort, I think. So, which, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast today, welcome. We love you. Glad you're listening. Uh, you guys realize we got people in like six or seven different countries listening to the podcast from this church right now? Isn't that amazing? That's just absolutely amazing. I love it. Uh, but people have these New Year's resolutions, and I want to I give you five things that are going to help you set priorities and goals and keeping those things. But after that, I want to give you one thing that's really going to be a game changer in your life. And it's really going to be the thing that matters the most. Okay, so let's look at some of the top New Year's resolutions that people have because um, they're important to a lot of people. The top resolutions, uh, a lot of people want to exercise more or lose weight. How many of y'all, that was you this year, go exercise and lose weight? Some of y'all are like, I ain't going to talk about it because we'll just see how things go. I'll let you know in July if that was my goal or not because I either will have hit it or not. Um, a big one was getting organized. Dear Lord, that's always a goal in our house because it doesn't matter how well we put things organizationally in our house. I have a four-year-old that likes to come in like the Tasmanian devil and just... <laughs> so our, our goal is not get organized. Our goal is buy lots of tasers for our four-year-old to keep her under control. I think that's what we're going to... I'm kidding, by the way. Don't report me to social services for that. Uh, learning new skills is a big, important one. A lot of people like to learn and grow and accomplish some more stuff professionally. Uh, enjoy life more. How many of you love to enjoy life more? Good grief. Saving more money? Yes! I would love to save more money. That would be awesome, right? End of the year, we'll just all be ballers, throwing money around, making it rain in church. It would be great. More time with family is a big one for people. People like to travel more. I love traveling. I got a big travel bug. And a big one was, um, one of the top ones was to read more. That's my wife. My wife loves to read. Now, getting resolutions are important. It's important to have goals. It's important to have these things that you're shooting for. Because if you don't shoot for something, guess what you're going to hit? Nothing. You've got to have something that you're going for. So this is, this is interesting to me. But you think this number would be higher, but it's not. But of the people... That, um, that do have New Year's resolutions. 46% of them who set them keep them. So a little under half. So that means that a little more than half of people that set New Year's resolutions don't keep them. 
Okay. Part of the problem with that is that um, we like to pick and choose things that sound good, things that we see on other people's lists, things that you're supposed to want to do. Yeah? We're supposed to want to be healthy. We're supposed to want to be this, supposed to want to do that. But, but those things aren't necessarily priorities for us. They're just good ideas. Okay? So the key, first thing I'm going to give you this morning, the key to being able to follow through on goals and these resolutions things is to set goals that are in alignment with your priorities. Set goals that are in alignment to your priorities. Okay? That means you've got to set your priorities. What's a priority, Pastor Josh? A priority is something that is fixed, non-negotiable, and immovable in your life. Immovable. It will not, doesn't matter what's going on in the world, it's not going to budge. It's a priority. If nothing else happens, I'm going to get this done. So you've got to set your priorities and then out of your priorities, set your goals. Let them flow out. That's a big one. And a lot of people's priorities look different. Here's some stuff that I wrote down that I wanted to show you. This probably reflects in some way or form a lot of the priorities that we'll have here. You know, health is a priority. Uh, mental growth is a priority or mental health. Uh, emotional health and, and development is a priority. Um, financial stuff, spiritual stuff all priorities that we can set goals out of. So for health, it might be to lose weight. You know, If my mental growth is a priority, then I'm going to read books. If my emotional development is a priority, then whatever that means, I'm going to figure that out financially. That means I have a plan for savings, a plan for or a financial strategy if that's a priority in my life. And spiritually, which is important, if that's not on your list, I'm going to tell you, your list is jacked up. We all should have spiritual priorities, spiritual goals to get closer to God. Okay? So in order to accomplish these things, the second thing I want to give you this morning is you've got to set smart goals. Set smart goals. Having priorities is good, but you need to set smart goals to go with these priorities that you have. Okay? So i got a little acronym for SMART that will help you out. We're going to put it up on the screen for you. So you want to be specific in your goal. Specific in your goal. Okay, You don't want to just say, I want to lose weight. That's a good goal, I guess, but you want to be specific. How much weight do you want to lose? All right. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, now we're going somewhere. All right, In that goal, how are you going to lose 20 pounds? Well, I'm going to have to work out X amount of days a week. So then you set... Um, after you get specific, you get measurable. How many times am I going to have to work out to do this? What's it going to look like? you got to set something that's attainable, too, because if you're trying to lose weight, what you don't want to do is jump out of the gate and say, I'm going to work out six days a week for two hours a day, and I'm going to crush this thing and get healthy. You're going to do one workout on Monday for two hours, and then Tuesday, you're going to wake up, and you're going to hurt so bad, you're not going to be able to brush your teeth. Okay? It's probably not attainable, especially if you haven't been working out for a while. So make it attainable. All right? And it's got to be rewarding, too. You've got to have goals in there that you can hit, earmarks that you can hit, where you can see the progress. So in measuring things that are attainable, you've got to have rewards built into it. And it's got to be time-sensitive. You've got to give yourself deadlines. You got to say, I'm going to do this per week. It's going to be done by this day. 
If you don't have a deadline on there, you're going to get manana syndrome. Y'all know what manana syndrome is, right? Manana means tomorrow, but if you talk to people that are native to the areas that speak Spanish, manana doesn't just mean tomorrow. Manana means not today. Not today. We're going to do it manana. It's manana. So you get manana syndrome if you're not setting deadlines to keep things time sensitive with what you're doing. Okay? Probably important, though, to get someone to help you reinforce these deadlines that you're setting, which is why I'm going to give you number three. Share your goals with someone who can help you get there. Share your goals with someone who can help you get there, someone who can hold you accountable, someone who can kick you in the rear end if you need it, someone who can give you some good old attaboys if you need it along the way or girls along the way if you need it. You want to pick someone who's been where you are and has gotten to where you're trying to get. All right. I don't know about you, but I hate reading books about people who are going to tell me how to do something that they've never accomplished in their lives. Well, I don't want to buy a book from you. I want to talk to somebody who's done it. You know, If I want to lose weight, I want to talk to somebody that's done it. I want to talk to somebody that knows how to beat the, the 1 o'clock in the morning stress carb craves. You know, I want to talk to, I want to, I want to, talk to somebody who, who knows how to set up finances. If that's a goal in my life. I want to talk to somebody that knows more about it, that's done it, so that I can learn from them and they can hold me accountable. All right? And in doing all of this, you want to make sure that you set smaller goals to reach the bigger goals. Set smaller goals to reach the bigger goals. Because you'll get overwhelmed very easily, especially if you're trying to do something with a lot of scope throughout the year or you're taking on a big project. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. Okay? You plow a field one row at a time. All right? You get in shape one rep at a time. So you set small goals to get yourself to the bigger goals. And that helps build in consistency. And there's another big tool that will help you out in resolutions and goal setting out of your priorities in life is that you want to review those goals weekly. Review them weekly. For me, a lot of times that Sunday after church, um, I'll sit down for 30 minutes or an hour and go over the things that I've got coming up for the next week write down what I want to do, you know. Um, so if my plan is to, like, continue to grow mentally, I might want to throughout the year. I'm going to read probably 12 books throughout the year, which is going to be one a month, which means I need to sit down and figure out how much I want to read per week to keep my goal of reading one book a month throughout the year, listening to a podcast that's going to help me grow throughout the year. I want to listen to 52 of those. That'll be one a week. Figure out how I can put that into my workout time so I can kill two birds with one stone so that I can get physically fit or work it in with drive time um, so that I'm listening and doing and getting all that stuff. Figuring it all out um, on Sunday, laying it out, helps to give me a plan of attack to get things done. So if you take those things and you apply them, and you'll work them, you'll get a lot of stuff done. And you'll probably be pretty successful at what you set out to do. That good? That is some good stuff. I got a question for you, though. Is that all that you want? Is that all that you want? 
just put a bunch of stuff on a list, try to get it done for the year. Put down a bunch of stuff that you'll want to do and then try to knock it out. Not that there's anything inherently wrong with that, I don't think. Throwing a curveball at you today. Because I think a better way to start this, the first thing I gave you this morning was to set goals in alignment with your priorities. Okay, I want to change that today. How about this year? Instead of saying we want to set goals in alignment with our priorities, we change it to say this year we want to set goals in alignment with God's priorities. with what he wants for our families, what he wants in our relationships, what he wants for our jobs, what he wants for our business, what he wants for me and my role as a husband, as a father, what he's speaking to me to do. I want his priorities. I want his plan. I want to hear from him on who he wants me to be. Not just put together a random list of something that might sound cool to do and then work trying to get it done. I want my life to, to mean something. I want what I do to last. I want it to have eternal value. I want God's plan. I want his priorities. Before I do anything, I want to set and align everything in my life to match up with his priorities for my life. And when I was uh, kind of an older teenager, we used to play this game when we got bored on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon or something. We'd get in the car, get a full tank of gas, and we'd go out and we'd play a game called Flip the Quarter. We'd drive around town. And we come to a red light or we come to a stop sign and we take out the quarter and we flip it. If it was heads, you went right. If it's tails, you went left. You go to the next four-way stop, flip it. If it's heads, you go straight. If it's tails, you go left or right or whatever you decide. And we would just drive around and kill time going from red light to red light and stop sign to stop sign, playing flip the quarter. And a lot of times, you just kind of go around in circle in town and you just kind of laugh at how many times you pass the same gas station. But after a while, though, if you play it long enough, you end up on the interstate. Then you got to flip a quarter to figure out how long you're going to stay on the interstate before the exit, 15 minutes or 20 minutes. All right, heads, tails, going to get off. Do we go right or left? Heads, tails. And sometimes you get so lost playing flip the quarter, you wouldn't know how to get back home. I'm going to tell on myself, because when we played this, see, there wasn't no such thing. There was no GPS. You couldn't pull out your phone and figure out how to get home. If you didn't have this thing called a map book, y'all remember map books? You bought these things and opened them up. You had to figure out where you're at, and they got all these highways and stuff, and pages connect to other pages three-quarters of the way through the book, and figure out where you were on the map, you know, all that. Didn't have any of that. So all we had was a map book. We didn't have a map book, though, in our cars because we were too poor to buy a map book because they cost some money. So we get lost, and the only thing you could do is get out, go to a gas station, go in there and ask the clerk, where am I and how do I get to highway such and such? You had to live life until you put yourself at the mercy of a gas station clerk. 
You can't tell me nothing about life if you hadn't had to sit there and beg for somebody with bad coffee breath to tell you how to get to where you're trying to go. Well, let me tell you. You need to go out there about two miles down that road yonder to where the Johnson barn used to be. Used to be. Take a right where it used to be and go down there by that field where old Clint Bigsby's out there slaughtering them cows on Saturday. He had to do it on Saturday because he used to do them on Fridays, and when the kids would come home from school, he'd be out there gutting cows, and apparently it traumatized a few of them, so he has to do it on Saturday now. So you go out there where that is, and then you turn left, and you go down there about five more miles. That's going to take you back out to the highway, and you take the five down to the 27, and you'll be okay after that. You hadn't lived if you hadn't done The kids today don't know nothing about that. I wish I could get you and put you in a time machine and take you back so you understand the struggle that we had navigating. But we, a lot of people live their lives. That was a big setup for a point that I'm fixing to make right now. That's, a lot of people live their lives going through play and flip the quarter where they get to decisions and they get to, to, to times of transitions in their life. And it's like, you just flip the quarter. And it's like, whatever I feel like doing, what I guess I'll just try to do. And we blaze our own trail through life instead of stopping and hitting the brakes and sitting in the presence of God and allowing him to speak to us to give us his plan and his priority and what he wants us to do. And what we do a lot of times is we get so lost in life, we lose our way when we could have avoided it by just stopping and listening to God in the first place. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? Have you ever been through a season of your life where you just jacked it up and you did that? Yeah, me too. I've done that too. Proverbs, Proverbs uh, chapter 19 reads like this. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We get a lot of ideas. And somebody said one time, anybody that's ever taken a shower has had an idea. Sometimes we get in the shower and we get ideas and those ideas become plans, but we never stop to check whether or not it's God's idea, God's plan, God's purpose. And I think we waste a lot of time and a lot of life and a lot of opportunity. The Lord's purpose that prevails. It's his purpose that has eternal value. Nothing else matters. So, a good principle to live your life by is this, and this is what I try to live my life by now. I hadn't always done it in the past, but I do now. And it'll save you a lot of heartache, and it'll save you a lot of trouble. And it's this. It says, I need to know God's will before I set my plans. I need to know God's will before I set my plans. Sometimes the price you have to pay to know God's will isn't convenient. That's why we like to set a lot of our plans because we don't like to wait in the presence of God and in prayer and in the word and wait until we hear him say, go this direction and do this or we hear him say yes or no a lot of times what we like to tear off and do is say lord you know what i prayed on this once i didn't hear you say anything i'm going to go ahead and do this 
And if it's not your will, let me know somewhere in the process. That, that's pretty dangerous territory to, to jump out into. I'm just going to give you a little bit of word of caution. You don't want to do that. Okay? Listen to me. And I bet you I could line all of us up in here. And we could preach to ourselves and say, learn from our example. It's always better to wait to hear from God before we blaze our own trail and get ourselves in situations. Why? Because that'll keep you out of bad business deals. Potentially, that'll keep you from getting... It doesn't matter how much money they're wanting to pay you to do the job. God may not want you to take the job. doesn't matter how good it looks on paper. It might not be His will. doesn't matter how bad it looks on paper. That doesn't mean that it isn't His will. Okay? And vice versa. You don't know till you know. You don't know till you know. You can avoid a lot of problems with relationships. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Broken hearts, frustrations, aggravations, and all that stuff. Man, don't have to. If you take time to pray to know the will of God, you can avoid a lot of bad situations. But what do we like to do a lot of times? Woo! We'll jump right in and, and it's ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. Instead of ready, aim, fire, it's always better to get God's will before you set your plans. All right? That's a simple truth, but it'll change your life and it'll set you free. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. It's a powerful, powerful tool and a powerful, powerful secret in the Word of God. You want to have an overcoming life. You want to have a consistent spiritual walk. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by God? You ever felt that way sometimes? Where you felt like the situation you were in was kind of off in the corner and God really wasn't paying attention to it? And it was like, God will get to you eventually, but right now it just seems like he's got more important things to do, and he was kind of disregarding what you're going through at the moment. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? I love how he fixes this. Look, why do you, why do you feel like God's forgotten about you? Don't you know, hadn't you heard, one, God is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the... Of the ends of the earth. He created all of this stuff. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He said, look, don't forget. God created all of this. God put all this together. He's never going to run out of strength and power and provision. And sometimes his plan doesn't make sense to anybody but to him. But if you know you're in the will of the Lord, even if it doesn't make sense at the time, what you're going through, even if one and one does not equal two in what you see, if you know you're in the will of God right now, you don't have to fret and worry, even if you don't understand it, because he's the guy that created all of it. He's got it under control. He's never going to run out of strength or provision, and he knows what he's doing even if we don't, and our job is to trust him. This is 
the big reason why people blaze their own trail instead of trusting God and staying in His will because we get put in situations that are uncomfortable and that don't make sense and we can't see the end game and we're left in the dark. At least we feel like we're left in the dark and we have to learn how to trust Him Amen. with the things that we can't see, that we don't know, and we don't understand. That's what he's talking about here. So he says, He gives strength... To the weary. How many of you would love for God to give you strength when you're tired? When you're wore out? Not just physically, but I'm talking about those seasons where you get mentally, emotionally, and just spiritually tired and drained from fighting the battle day after day after day. Look, if you, you, you've lived some years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're not going to want to quit. You don't want to give up, but you just need a second to catch your breath before you get back in the battle again. You're just weary from the fight. How many of you would love for God to just pour His strength and resources on you in those seasons? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're in his will, you have that. But when you're not, not all the time. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. So he says, look, everybody, everybody's going to get tired. Everybody's going to get weary. Everybody's going to stumble in their own strength sooner or later is what he's saying here. The young guys that have got all the strength in the world, they're going to eventually get tired. It's just going to happen on our own. Here's the secret that he gets to. This is the key. There's that word again. We talked about it last week. But those... I think I'm going to start, I'm going to start writing a book that is just going to be called... Um, I'm just going to call it good-looking butts in the Bible, I think, or something like that. Because it's sometimes like... Cause some of the most profound statements in the Word of God come after that word, but. It's because right after the word, but. I love the good-looking buts like that. Okay, buts in the Bible. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Um, I want to teach you something. That word hope there is a fun word. It is a word that's like um, one word that equals a complete statement or thought process. Okay? It's a word in the Hebrew that's called kavah. Kavah. And I know that you guys are going to want to write this down so you can talk about it around the dinner table tonight because I don't know if it works this way in your house, but we love sitting around talking about ancient Hebrew words and what they mean, dinner. You know, it's just really good conversation pieces. But this is why this is important, okay? Kavah, it means to wait, to look for, hope, expect, and to bind. But it was used as a word that had a huge meaning behind it. Like if we were going to say, if I was going to say to you, hey, I got to get my hustle on today, I'm using that word hustle, but you know what I mean when I say hustle, all right? I got to get after it. I got to get moving. I got to work hard. I got to get my nose to the grindstone. I got hustle, hustle, hustle. Kavah is that kind of word, okay? I got a kavah. I got a kavah. I got a kavah. That word binding is part of the meaning. 
tied to like weaving or making a rope. Ropes, solid ropes made up of a bunch of little ones that are woven together, threaded together, bound together. Okay? What he's saying is that those who are kavah and the Lord will renew their strength. I need a couple of guys to help me here. Chris, can you help me? Brad, can you help me? You take this rope, stretch it out between the two of you. This is what it's saying. This is what a lot of us miss. All right, simple truth that'll change your life today. Kavah. I didn't even think about that. Let me get this. In. Sally, Sally, he's got a self. I don't know what you do. So that means that God, gotta love live church. You never know what's gonna happen. I take God, who is that rope. I take my life to Kavah. Okay? I bind myself to Him. All my desires, all my wants, I bind up. I weave together. You see what I'm doing here? I weave in to Him. So now my identity. It's not my own anymore. My identity is bound to him. It's found in him. It takes on a whole new meaning now, doesn't it? Those who are bound to the Lord, who have, who have joined themselves to him. My, all my goals for my family, my, who I am as a husband, who I am as a father, who I am as a pastor, who I am as a leader, every aspect of my life is hidden in him. Everything I do is found in him. You know, Jesus, when he walked around, he said, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only say what the Father tells me to say. He walked in that kind of relationship with his father, Kavah, okay? You're bound up. It's not me. I wait, wait, wait. I bind myself to the Lord and I wait. I look for, I hope, I expect. I wait as one with him for his will, for his purpose, for his plan, for his desire, for what he wants for my life, not just for a year, but for every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day. Because when you look at me, you're not supposed to be able to see the difference between me and the God that I serve because I reflect him and he's seen in my heart because I'm bound to him and I am one with him. It's kavah, kavah. Now, if you get this, it will change everything in your life, guys. Everything. Because he's not just a part of your day. He is everything that you are. Bound to him. You're bound to him. Then he says, if you will bind yourself to me in my presence and wait for me, then 
you'll renew your strength. You'll renew your strength. Go back to Isaiah. Thank you, gentlemen. It says you'll renew your strength. That word renew, it's like the meaning is to put on a fresh new garment. You're putting on his strength. It's a transfer of his strength to you. Okay? Also, that word renew. I don't know if you checked last time I checked. God doesn't ever run out of strength. Doesn't ever run out of power. Doesn't ever run out of provision. So as you kavah, as you bind yourself to him and wait in his presence for his time and his direction, he will give you not... He will not just renew your strength, okay? He will give you a constantly renewing strength so that you never run dry, so that you never run out, so that you don't get to that point of exhaustion where you want to throw in the towel. You can always get into his presence and be renewed day after day after day after day after day, no matter what the enemy throws at you, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what people throw at you, no matter what problems you face when you wake up in the morning, you can still walk in his peace, you can still walk in his love, you can still walk in his power because his mercies are new every day and he will renew your strength day by day, moment by moment, as you need it, because you are his child in his will, and his will will be accomplished in your life. If you kavah. You with me? Kavah. So when you do that, now things change. You'll renew your strength. It says they will soar on wings like eagles. There'll be seasons of your life where you're, it just seems like you're going to fly over the situations and fly over the problems. The check's just going to be in the mailbox when you need it. The car's going to be there when you need it. The job's going to be there when you need it. You're going to have the favor that you need all the time. It's just going to be there. You're going to soar over those issues, over the drama, on wings like eagles because I am providing your strength is what he says. Then... There are going to be seasons, though, where you're going to have to run. I'm not going to fly you over the situations, but you're going to have to run the marathon. You're going to have to go through the process, man. You're just going to have to grind it out one step at a time, one foot at a time. You're going to have to go through the process of running the race that I've set out before you. But even in that, if you kavah, if you will stay in my will and seek me first and not blaze your own trail, but commit your way to me and wait until I tell you what to do. If you will bind yourself to me, I will make sure that you run and you don't grow weary in the process. Then you're going to have times where it's not going to be the marathon it's going to be where you're having to walk, where it's a struggle, where you just one step at a time. Every step's a decision, Lord. This is not easy, but I trust you one step at a time. You know what I'm talking about in life. We've been there. Some of y'all are there right now. I see you nodding your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But even in those times, he says, listen, you will not faint. I will sustain you. Here's the deal. Whether we're soaring, whether we're running, or whether we're walking, guys, listen, we are moving 
forward. You're moving forward, accomplishing His will, accomplishing His purpose, accomplishing His plan in your life, okay? With God, you move forward. With God, there's no tap out. With God, there's no end of strength. With God, there is no end of resource. If we kavah, if we'll bind ourselves to Him and wait in His presence, that's when the cool stuff happens. That's when the cool stuff happens. So, I'm going to go back to the big point today, and it's this, that we need to know God's will before we set our plans. To know God's will before we set our plans. Why do you say all this, Pastor Josh? Because we are in 21 days of prayer and fasting here at this church to seek after God. I know we're participating on different levels, but the, the goal is to seek after Him, to hear His voice, his plan for us, for this year, for today, for our lives, so that we can make sure that we are bound to him individually and as a church so that we can move forward in what he's called us to do and what he's called us to do as a church so that we can be as productive and as effective as we possibly can for the kingdom of God. Why is that important, you say? Because there's a lot more tied to it than us just getting through life. There's a lot more tied to it. And as the worship band makes its way to the stage to play, I want to just drop this thought in your head. You know, Jesus said, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Josh, are you saying if I don't do God's perfect will for my life that I'm going to go to hell? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's important enough for Jesus to have said it the way that he did. So we better pay attention to it. Okay? There's a deeper truth in that statement that Jesus made because in order for us to do the will of God, we have to be what? got to be bound up to him in relationship okay out of relationship day by day moment by moment god reveals his will to us what he wants us to do what he wants us to say now i'm not saying you got to pray and fast or not to have fruit loops or cheerios for breakfast or anything like that but you guys understand what i'm saying the major decisions the important decisions of life He'll speak to you. That comes out of relationship to him. So it's impossible to accomplish the will of God outside of relationship with God. Okay? So if you live your life having not accomplished the will of God for your life, odds are you've lived your life outside of an authentic relationship with Jesus because you're not going to be bound to him and not hear him speak to you when he's ready to speak to you. That's what Jesus is getting at. Okay, so not only is it beneficial, not only will it equip you, but it's incredibly important and it acts as a safeguard for where we spend eternity. Maybe Jesus knew what he was doing all along. It's a perfect defense, offense, and provision all in one. The kavah, to be bound with him. I wanted to invite everyone in here today, first of all, to stand to your feet. We're going to spend a little bit of time in the presence of God before we dismiss today.
And I don't know where you're at in your walk with God or plans that you have or what God's dealing with you in, what situations you're in or anything like that. That's what I do know is the solution to all of it, the answer to all of it is always Jesus. So I want to invite all of us today to take a look in our hearts. I'm going to ask you a question. That kavah, that concept, that platform on which we build our lives, that foundation, is that a reality for you? In your decisions, in your plans? Listen, are you doing what God's called you to do with your life? Or are you just doing what you want to do with your life? Because you went through a season where you got tired. Thought, you know what? I just I want to take a break for a little while, and the break turned into a season that turned into a year that turned into a what? What, what is what is His will? What has He called you to? What what is His purpose? It goes beyond a nine to five job. What what has He gifted you with, and how are you using it in the kingdom? What what how are you submitting all of that to Him? And is your walk and your relationship with God, is that spiritual growth, is that just one of the goals in your life? Or is that the goal in your life and everything else flows out of it? See, that's how Kavah works. That's how that works. So I want to invite everyone that will. Get out of your seat. Get out of your row. Get out of your comfort zone. I want you to come up here to this altar area. Everyone who can and will. I'd love to see 100% participation in this. I'm not going to set you up for anything. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come up here to the altar, which is a place where we lay things down before the Lord, symbolically. Okay. I don't guess you have to come up here, but if you would, it would be awesome. And we're just going to lay down our lives. Say, Lord, we're here. Whatever you want for us, whatever you want for me individually. And you can do that in your seat. If you physically can't come up here, then that's fine. The Lord knows your heart. Nobody here is going to judge you if you don't come up here. Lord, we give you everything that we are. And if you got some stuff that you've been holding to you that you need to surrender over to the Lord, lay it down. If this has been an issue with you and you're one of those that likes to blaze your own trail, Man, today is the day to settle this in your heart. Because once you do this, listen, all the self-induced stress, all the self-induced anxiety, all the emotional and mental exhaustion that we put ourselves through that leads to depression and depletion, we do a lot of that to ourselves. Now, some of it's medical, but a lot of it we do to ourselves because we step outside of this. Okay? we got to get to this got to get to this that's where it happens so whatever this means to you however you do it let's surrender our lives to the lord while the band does this song this morning let's worship him and as we worship him let's lift up our lives to him as an act of worship amen let's lift up our hands and begin to worship him. You go.